0: hello and welcome here today we have ivy summer and she is calling in from across the atlantic near the mediterranean or you have to tell us if you're right by there in the city you are in from the nation of greece welcome ivy
1: thank you so much yes i'm in greece in the city of Thessaloniki.
0: all right now well i guess just to to squash anyone's curiosity right away You are part of the Greece co-housing. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with that and and how cool it would be to live in Greece.
1: Sure. Well, the name of our group is Greek Village Co-Housing. And I've been living here in Greece since February of 2019. And I moved here with my husband, Adonis, who is half Greek. We met and married in San Francisco, lived there for seven years before we made the big leap across the big pond, which is the Atlantic, as you said, and we lived with his father, whose whole family is from the town of Veria, and Veria is 45 minutes west driving from Thessaloniki. It's the land of Alexander the Great. It's where Aristotle taught Alexander the Great as a kid, so the school of Aristotle is there. It's got the tombs of Philip of Macedon, and it's got the oldest standing synagogue in Europe, as well as the first church where St. Paul preached about Christianity for the first time on the continent. It's got more churches per capita than any other city in Europe, so it is a very awesome destination for people who are interested in history and religion and that sort of thing um i found out about greek village co-housing in february 2021 when adonis and i were discussing how we might design a house here in greece on a little plot of land that his father owns and the very next day after making a rough sketch in my journal of what our house might look like i discovered greek village co-housing and was like oh my god this is amazing we came from san francisco where we both lived in co-living in the bay area several of them uh different ones both of us individually independent of one another and together so it just brought two of our passions together in a wonderful way and we're excited to to be a part of the group
0: very nice and now the group will be traveling to greece this month in september 2021 to look at properties but they're pretty much going to make a decision soon and and start down the path am i correct
1: (laughs) that is correct it's going to be our second boots on the ground property search we completed our first one in mid-june which spanned about two weeks. And we saw on average one property a day all across the Peloponnese, which is also known as the Peloponnese in Greek. The whole Southern region of Greece is fantastic. Mainland, mainland.
0: Right, right. And I know that one reason that was chosen is the islands of course are beautiful, but they're a little more isolated. So if you're on the mainland, you're close to Athens, but you're also, it's not too hard to get to an island. Um, so that sounds pretty good, especially if people are coming from the UK or from the United States and it's far anyways, (laughs) at least you're not too far from Athens and jump on a plane and go to Africa or Asia or more of Europe. So it sounds, it sounds amazing. And I know a lot of people are very interested and who wouldn't want to live in Greece, which already has a culture of villages. And community, and have you found that living there in Greece?
1: Absolutely. It feels like you're just wandering around Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, to be honest with you. It's so friendly. Anyone who doesn't know you will always smile, say hello. They are a generous group of people, the Greeks. They will give you the shirt off their back, but it also comes with their opinions. so they're very opinionated. They're very talkative. And they're very willing to uh, make new friends,
0: which is always exciting. Never a dull moment. Very nice. Very nice. And, of course, it's a blue zone, so people end up very healthy and live long lives. A lot of produce. Uh, I hear the food. My friend from Italy lived in Greece for about eight years. She said, oh, the food is better than Italy. <laughs> so it's a very good food, too. <laughs> um, delicious so tell me a little bit you already have the experience of co-living which is a lot of times people confuse co-housing but co-living is where you usually have your own room and you share like a kitchen co-housing you have your own house and you have a common kitchen which is used for common meals and of course if you want to go cook something but you also have your own kitchen your own house so tell me a little bit about that experience and, and what you liked about it and what makes you want to continue on with something a little different but
1: you know, intentional communities? Well, it is, there is a lot of variety in co-living. In San Francisco, I was a key member of the intentional communities, which we call the Hate Street Commons. It's a collective of about, I think, 70 now co-living spaces in the greater Bay Area. And when I started to... Uh, find my way in San Francisco. I started as I was going to school for my MBA in the dorms. I was managing the dorms after I became a resident assistant. I decided, why not become an assistant manager and then eventually a manager of the dorms of a 1,000 freshmen. Um, And then after I graduated, I moved into a co-living space in the Mission District, which the structure of that was basically a three-story Victorian home with a semi-basement in the style of kind of open air lounge, common event space. And in the three-story home, there was uh, two sides of the house. So kind of imagine a three-story home and then split down the middle, you have two units per floor. So the whole home had six units total, and our co-living space took up five of those units. We had 52 people living in the house at once, kind of like an inverted tier in terms of capacity. So the bottom floor had three rooms, the second floor had four rooms, and the top floors had five rooms on both. And some people had their own room. Some people had a double, which would be a bunk bed. Others had a triple. At one point when the community first started, it was called a quad. So we had enough space in those rooms to fit four people. And of course, lots of storage and a desk and what have you. So the variety of rooms that you might choose, you can move between the rooms. select your roommate, and we'd have a lot of intention going into that process of basically you know, who, who you're sharing that space with. I think that's definitely one of the major differences between co-living and co-housing because, like you said, you have your own house, so you don't have to necessarily go through that process of matching who's going to live inside of the house with you. And we had a kitchen, a living room with a fireplace, And a dining area in each of those five units that we occupied. So we had five fireplaces, five Ah. kitchens, you know, that were um, four burner stove with an oven and a dishwasher and a microwave and a dining area. Um, All of them had tall ceilings, so you had this modern feel in there. And and it was really fantastic. We had a bike room, which we shared, and we made a little workout space in there. We also had a storage space where people would work like on a woodworking projects, that sort of thing. So in that way, it is designed similar to co-housing where you do have these designated areas to work out, to do woodwork, to store your bikes. Um, but essentially, you're living in much closer quarters
0: it sounds you're like sharing, uh, with an area yeah. with a small so you're living in in close quarters with maybe three or four people is what i hear you're saying and then you four, share three okay and then you share the kitchen oh okay so it isn't like one big house and one kitchen because when i when you said 50 people i'm like whoa that's <laughs> that's a lot for one kitchen so did the whole kitchen. right right did the whole place make community decisions or get together for events? How did they form a community?
1: Absolutely. Every, every week we would have a family meeting. Mm. And every community has its own theme, especially in San Francisco. We love running with themes. Um, there was one tech house. <laughs> there was one just dedicated to artists. There were some dedicated to musicians. Some were more focused on entrepreneurship. Some are more miscellaneous. Um, but our house in the Mission District was really focused on gratitude. And that's the way we would open our meetings is, okay, let's go around the circle. And if you have something to say that you're grateful for, let's share that.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's great. So you both come from this experience and now you want to uh, you'll build a house and live in co-housing in Greece. Now, did you also have experience building community with LGBT and Q in San Francisco?
1: Yes, I was a diversity and inclusion lead for a big sex positive community in San Francisco and Oakland. And from there, over the course of the pandemic, I was a co-manager and project manager of sorts with a team that curated a community specifically online to adapt to this new world that we've lived in um, during the pandemic. And that's been a fantastic experience, um, especially with my background in diversity and inclusion, which is very important to me in curating community.
0: Well, yeah, no, I think you're right. The, the 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 communities there've always been online communities, but with COVID, it has become a necessity. Um, so, tell for those who don't know about sex positive, what is that, and what is a community built around that? Was that for advocacy, for education, for people finding each other, for support? All
1: of the above. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> It is for folks who are LGBTQIA plus and interested in exploring their sexuality without any of the shame or stigma that may come along with conversations that are related to sex and sexuality and gender fluidity and identity in the context of intentional relationships. And so the community that, I, I helped to curate and put a lot of energy and a lot of time into was, was really to expand on that and say, you know what, we, we want to accommodate just conscious relationship styles. You don't have to be LGBTQIA. We want to be inclusive of anyone who's like, you know, if you're monogamous, it's absolutely fine. And let's celebrate that you're consciously choosing that relationship style and promote discussing this along with people with other sexual orientations relationship styles and, and share resources and and appreciate the unique differences that we bring to the, to the community
0: okay great i guess because i heard sex positive in the the context of the music video wap so it seems like it's a wider movement about like not like not being ashamed about whatever your sexuality is or how you express it. So I, um, I mean, it sounds perfect and what we should have done from the get go is it because in the United States we're very Puritan background that that people need to be like, look, we're we're tired of explaining ourselves all the time. Let's just get together and create a community.
1: It's very some uh, parts of discussing identity, that part of identity that has to do with our sexuality, our sexual orientation, um, a lot of that is it is associated with conversations that are presented as taboo. And the media um, and the way that a lot of us grew up, um, I think as a millennial, we take a different kind of approach to that. And I think that the people who were born in the 60s and 70s and um, and maybe the 50s and, and grew up to see and witness the summer of love and the free love movement also have a bit of that. But so it's not something in. that we intentionally create space to converse in a lot of different spaces. Um, but you'll notice that perhaps in the workplace there's discrimination that happens um, because of relationship orientation, sexual orientation, that sort of thing. And so there's a lot of stigma that comes along with the way that this conversation and our, that part of our identity arises. And so our goal is to, to normalize the conversation and to make make people feel more comfortable exploring rather than feeling like they have to be put in a box.
0: That's great, that's great. No, uh, thank you so much for the explanation and, and it is different for different generations. Um, yeah, no, I think that's great. You'll have to give us uh, information. Where do people find this community if they're interested? Yeah,
1: so if you're interested, you can learn more at- meetafterhours.com that's m-e-e-t afterhours.com
0: great great so knowing what it takes to build a community and nurture community and live together what do you think uh what are your plans for the co-housing and how to nurture that and grow that
1: well, I noticed that there's this running joke in the co-housing community. And as I'm doing research about diversity in co-housing communities, people say, well, sure, we all have the same kind of car, a Subaru, for example, but they're all different colors. Now, this joke hints at like, yeah, but we're all white. So there's not a lot of racial and ethnic diversity um, in the co-housing world. And what I'm doing is, this is my biggest, you know, diversity and inclusion project yet. Um, And that is, how do we make this accessible to people of different races, of ethnicities, of socioeconomic situations? How do we create an opportunity, especially in Greece, which people call the gateway to the east, as you hinted earlier, um, to to Turkey to Asia and and to Africa and from these continents people are they're coming to the islands right as refugees how do we make this more accessible all backgrounds and be really intentional and sustainable about it so that's those are some of our focuses sustainability accessibility and finding out you know who are those people out there who don't even know that co-housing exists
0: but would be a great thing right there's a lot of people who don't know and and you already said there's a member who is wants their house to include two refugee households or is it one house for refugee households and one where it is split like that's already top of mind for for you as a community well
1: the idea is for everyone to have their own home. So whether it's a studio, one-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedroom, or four-bedroom, we do have options, especially for people who want to pursue the Golden Visa. And the Golden Visa is when a person spends, in Greece, 250,000 euros on real estate by doing so, obtain permanent residency for as long as they own those properties. So they can live in Greece, they can travel through the EU, and some some people who are willing to do that are two people. Maybe they don't have kids. And another odd option for them is to say, hey, if you want to buy multiple properties, you know, not have a big old house with just you, or just you and... um, The other person you're going to be living with, why not buy a home for you and then sponsor a refugee family? And let's discuss what that model would look like.
0: Now, I think because there will be people from the United States and from the UK and Greece, I think it'll be a great community where everyone's from another place. So, a refugee family shouldn't feel more out of place. You know, of course, being a refugee means you left because. You, know, you had to, there was something going on, you were fleeing. But in general, everyone will be learning, OK, how do we live in Greece and how do we learn Greek? And so I think that'll be a great place where there shouldn't be like everyone's the same boat, really.
1: Right, right. And and, you know, this process takes time. We're not going to move in tomorrow, but you can't really predict in, in a year or in two years where refugees will be coming from. We just don't know how politics, world politics and economics are gonna play out. So that's another thing to keep in mind is there's just no way to tell what country, what continent they're gonna be they're coming from.
0: And with climate change, people are moving from drought, which leads to war, so um,
1: yeah. That's definitely another concern for sure. You definitely hit on a hot topic there. Um, fire mitigation is something we're discussing. There's all kinds of wildfires, you know, all over the world. The world is on fire. Um, and, you know, climate change, you know, what's the land going to look like? Is it fertile land? What, you know, what plants are we putting and um, structures in place for fire mitigation? What about um, slopes and erosion and thinking about all those things? So during this process, as we're doing our property search and our discussions every week, um you know we bring in experts on such topics so that we can learn about them and make data-driven decisions as a group
0: yeah well like i think you've already mentioned you're probably not going to be right at the beach because that's a flood zone and you know the way things are going that's not where you want to form a new community where you'd have to move in 10 years so um, right
1: and there are laws um in greece as well there are laws that say you know if you're house on the side of the shore you know shoreline or on that cliff like near the beach if any of that erodes like it falls or whatever you're actually not allowed to repair that wow. so that's a problem if you're building a community um if it's against the law to repair it because they don't want you to you know keep putting your yourself in harm's way or uh you know you need to let the pieces fall where they may literally so there are some laws around that too Wow, wow.
0: But luckily, you know, the beach is never far. So (laughs) it's not not a problem. Well, I think it's an amazing project. How do people find uh, the if they're interested in information on uh, the Greek uh, village co-housing? How do they find information for that?
1: They can go to our website at GreekVillageCoHousing.com. They can find page, Greek Village Cohousing, and send a message to Greek Village Cohousing at gmail.com if you're interested in learning more about this, you have some questions, you want to have some face to face time, we have info coffee sessions every Friday and you can RSVP directly through our website Greek Village
0: very nice. Well, I think it's an amazing project. I know a lot of people already said they'll come help. They'll come visit, like, prominent people in co-housing. I love your idea on diversity and opening up to refugees and that. I just think it'll be a very unique project, too, because, like, we know the laws of the United States, but Greece is different. So you can you can have your own world there because it'll be already multicultural and multi uh, national. So, um well, yeah, yeah, sign me up. I'll be there at least to visit sometime. <laughs> we'll be waiting for you. we <laughs> There you go. Well, thank you so much for your time. And that that'll be the end of the thank show you. here.